Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm uh, going to start a series starting today and over the next several weeks. And uh, the title of this series is A, a Theology of Worship. Wow. You're taking notes, A Theology of Worship. And I know we all know what worship is, but I believe that the Lord has something to say about this. And I would like us to go to Exodus chapter 8, please. And beginning in verse number 1. Exodus chapter 8 and verse number 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so that they may worship me. This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so that they may worship me. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you put something on my mouth that is not of me. And I pray you would put something in our ear that is not of us. Give us ears to hear. I pray we would see you like we have not seen you before. And I thank you in advance, Father, that we lead different from the way that we come in today. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. Amen. Let my people go so that they may worship me. This is the instructions that the Lord gave by way of Moses to Pharaoh. This same language is also used in Exodus 5 verse 1, Exodus chapter 7 verse 16, chapter 8 verse 20, chapter 9 verse 1, and chapter 10 verse 3, the exact same language. Let my people go so that they may worship me. That word worship is also translated serve uh, in the Hebrew and it's interchangeable sometimes so um, the idea that God is telling Pharaoh is that my people need to be let go so that they can worship me and then if we go to chapter 10 and verse 24 uh, Pharaoh finally gives in and he says these words then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said go worship the Lord we'll stop right there go Worship the Lord. So Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go so that they can worship me again and again and again. Finally, Pharaoh says, go worship the Lord. All right. Now, this is the thing that uh, got, caught my attention some time back. And I've been in this neighborhood for a while. And the Lord's been teaching me a lot about this. And I think I'm on to something. Uh, there's two parts in the statement. Number one, it says, let my people go. And number two, so that they might, may worship me. And I saw that there's something about a connection between the two. Uh, if it was worship that God was after, why did he give instructions to let the people go? Why could not they just sing the songs right there? And I, it's God who's giving this instruction. It's God who's commanding Pharaoh. So there's something from the angle of God that, that, that has to do with worship that is more than singing song. I would like to suggest to you today that true worship is not about singing a song. I would like to introduce a concept that worship is not singing. Worship is system. Worship is system. And there was something about Egypt and the system therein that was not conducive to worship for the living God. 
God was the one giving the command from on high. He sees all things and he looked what was going on. And he says, now it's time to worship, but worship does not happen over here. There's something about this construct. There's something about this location. There's something about this system that makes worship impossible. So let my people go so that they can worship. Worship me. Now this is the thing I found out about worship as the Lord began to show me, show me something. Hallelujah. The problem with Egypt, but, but, but back then, and especially in the time when the Hebrews were slaves for 400 years, the system of Egypt was built on the principle of one profiting at the expense of another. Alright? And as long as that is the culture, the system, the, the, the government of the land, as long as that remains, worship to God cannot be fulfilled. Alright? Egypt became very wealthy off of the slavery of Egypt. And when God said, saw that, He said, worship is not possible here. So the first step in worship is not to sing or to tune your guitar. The first step in worship is to come out. Everybody say, come out. Come out. Because worship begins, true worship begins when we come out. You cannot worship there. You can sing a song, you can dance, you can shout, but you cannot worship God. Worship begins with coming out. Now, now, uh, amen? So, so when the children of Israel, you know the story, or at least you've seen the, the movie. When it was time, the children of Israel came out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Bible says that God brought them out on eagle's wings. Okay? But when they came out of Egypt, the Bible says that they plundered the Egyptians. And they came out of Egypt with the wealth of Egypt on the backs of their children. Now that's another message about breaking the curse and stepping into, but that's another time. But they came out with the wealth of Egypt. And when they came out with the wealth of Egypt, the Bible says that in the wilderness, God gave instructions to Moses to build a tabernacle. We love the tabernacle. That's because he loves the tabernacle. Don't mess with the tabernacle. Hmm? But God says build the tabernacle. And how they built it, or what they used to pay for the tabernacle, was the wealth from Egypt that they had plundered. So that wealth was for a purpose, to build the tabernacle of God so that God could be glorified and worshipped. The name tabernacle, in the Hebrew, it means dwelling place, which is God's desire from the beginning. God wanted to dwell and wants to dwell with His people. Alright? So the wealth of Egypt was plundered to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. Alongside the tabernacle, God also gave the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. Right? And that went, that went along with what God provided for the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. The Ten Commandments can be divided, can be divided into two parts. The first part is love for God. The second part is love for neighbor, aka God's system. So God's system is love for God and love for neighbor. Egypt's system is profiting at the expense of your brother. Okay? So God says, worship does not begin until we come out and we start worshiping according to God's system. In Pharaoh's system, we profit at the expense of our brother. But in God's system, we fight for our brother so that we prosper together. It's time to worship God. No, it's time not to sing a song. 
It's time to worship God. May this year be the year. May this building be the true Africa worship center. Not where we come to sing, but when we come to worship the living God. Amen. amen. Can we say amen? amen? Everybody say it's time to worship God. We're going to make our case over the next several weeks. Make a case like a good lawyer for a true worship. Worship as God desires. Worship as God sees. From the, we're going to start from the Old Testament, look at the New Testament, look at the ministry of Jesus, look at the early church, and what it's, what it, how it replicated the worship of God. We're also going to speak to, see to how that speaks to us here and now, and what God is saying to, to us today, right now, in this time and place, uh, about worship. It's not just about preaching the gospel, see? If the gospel is not lived, then the gospel is not preached. Right? So, so the true preaching of the gospel begins when the true worship is released from the saints of God and from the house of God. Our problem, you see, our problem in church and church history, uh, pretty much everywhere if you've studied church history, but especially in this part of the world and in this continent, uh, church history is riddled with a lot of preaching. But the problem with the preaching is that it's preaching that's done in Egypt. Okay? Uh, we've done singing, but we have done singing in Egypt. We have even done conference. And we have done good, amazing conference. Revival. We've had breakthrough. And, 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 and deliverance even. But we've done all of these programs. Amazing trainings, amazing outreach, amazing ministry. But it's all been done in Egypt. Alright? Uh, and uh, as long as it's in Egypt, it does not equate to worship. Hallelujah. And, and, and Jesus told the Samaritan woman that the time is coming and has now come when the Father eh, seeks the true worshippers. Eh, for the true worshippers are the one who, ones who worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. May we be found to be the true worshippers. Amen. Right? Meaning that we don't we we're not the ones who are comfortable in the system where one profits at the expense of another. Oh, yeah. But we are the ones that, who look first to see how we can fight for our brother, fight for our sister, so that when we prosper, we prosper together. And I would like to make an amendment, if I could, to the prosperity teaching or the prosperity message that has taken so much root in the continent of Africa. Yeah. It, and I would like to start by saying that it is very true that God's heart and desire is to bless His people. He's a good father. He loves His children. He, he, the command from Genesis was to be fruitful and to multiply. But I, I think that our problem, particularly in this part of the world, is that we have preached this message. And it's a true message, but we have preached it in Egypt. Meaning that if we prosper, that's the end game, regardless of how we got it. In Egypt, it doesn't matter how you get it, as long as you get it. But in the kingdom of God, we, how we get it is more, than, more important than what we get. We find ways, we fight, we make room to, 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 to create systems, to create opportunity, to create blessing, to share what we have so that when prosperity comes, everybody yes. prospers. Yes. 
If your prosperity is at the expense of somebody, don't come up here and testify. Look what God did. Sit down. Go back and start worshiping the Lord with that means. You're embarrassing the name of the Lord. You're glorifying Egypt. That's not the kingdom of God. That's, that's Egypt. That's the devil's agenda. And sometimes when we live in poverty so much and for so long, the only thing that we think about is prosperity. Prosperity preaches so good for the person with a poverty, poverty mindset. Right? But I would like to make an amendment. It is not what you get. It is how you get it. And it is how we arrive at that place of prosperity and blessing together. Amen. 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 You put Rabbi Makasha face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so uh, as the church, it's important that we realize that when God brings the church, the church was designed for true worship. We are in the world, but not of the world. Uh, we are so generous that God can't help but prosper us. Yeah? Uh, I think I think uh, I was I was thinking about this, and you know the only reason we exist, the whole world is under the control of the enemy. That means the whole world it operates on this system of trying to get ahead or outweigh, outmaneuver yourself to get on top. The, the the end game for the world is to end up on top, king of the hill, king of the mountain, champion, winner. Yeah? All the glory goes, and that's how all of us, from grade one all the way to, we're all trained to look out for ways to how we can. That's why every parent wants their kid to become an engineer or a doctor. Yeah? It's not for the kid. And, and, and when God plants the church in the world, it is for the purpose of bringing us out of Egypt, bringing the city out of Egypt, amen, into the kingdom of God, and, and, and where we learn how to fight for one another. And the greatest blessing, it is more blessed to give than receive, not just because you get more at the end. You know how you interpret that verse can be twisted depending on whether you're in Egypt or not. <laughs> you know, it's more blessed to give than receive, so give so that you can get more, so that you can be on top. You know you've arrived at the kingdom of God, not when you are at the top, but when we are at the top. Yeah. Everybody gets home, because it's important that we prosper, okay? Because the, the world is controlled economically, and the one who has the money sets the rules. So we're preaching a gospel that has no power because the economy is controlled by the enemy. So we have to be in control of the enemy, of, 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 the, of the economy, for the sake of the gospel. But we have to do it, not in Egypt, but in worship. Yes. 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 Amen? Yes. You know how, how it is. We, 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 we have the greatest message in the world as the people of God. I believe that, that Jesus, even if you don't believe in Jesus, if you believe that's just a fabrication of somebody's mind, somebody came up with the most amazing story that really works for the human condition. Yes. 
It is the best story. It's the best value. If you take, don't believe it, but just take, there was, a, what was his name? There was, there was that one philosopher who did not believe in God, but believed that Christians were needed to make sure the world functioned properly. <laughs> because these values are too good to be true. Okay? So even if you don't believe it, you have to understand we need these values just to survive for our own well-being. Okay? But because we don't have the, the resources, other people dictate the flow of the river. So we say Jesus is Lord, but the river is going that way and we're going downstream because, alright? So we need the resources. We need to be strong economically. We need to bring the kingdom. But we have to do it God's way. And God's way is not Egypt. Let my people go so that we can worship the Lord. So that God can be worshipped. So that God can be glorified. And as a church, I would like to declare and kick off this series by announcing to Pharaoh. There, uh, do you know why? I, I'm starting to appreciate and enjoy prayer unusual more than Sunday service. Not that I don't like Sunday service. I love Sunday service. And I love you all. It's beautiful. But I think really our, our job as the church is to pray. Not to listen to a good message. Okay? We do listen to a good message. We do listen to a good message. Alright? But but Jesus said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. Why is the emphasis on prayer and not on preaching? It's because it's by prayer that we do our work as the people of God, as the house of God. Uh, when we take up our position of prayer as the children of God, what we're doing in the spirit is we're doing the same thing that Pharaoh did, that, that Moses did to Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh was in charge of the whole land and he was controlling by an unjust system where the scales were imbalanced and one prophet at the expense of the other. That was how Pharaoh ruled. God raised up Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go so that they can worship me. Alright? So what we are as the church in this city, hallelujah, we are the Moses who goes to the Pharaoh who is the devil, the strong man, the spirit and the principality in the air. And we are the ones in the spirit that go and say, let my people go. Isn't that what, 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 what Jesus says? It's unless you bind the strong man, eh, you cannot rob his house. There is a strong man. There is a spiritual principality. There are demons and authorities in the heavenly places that rule over cities, territories and regions, just like Pharaoh ruled over Egypt. Our job as the church is to, by the spirit, go up into those high places and whatever we bind is bound, and whatever we loose is loosed. That's our job. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, um, uh, and I believe, I believe as we as we do that, what happens is slowly by slowly, the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. Hallelujah. Which means that the Pharaoh system. Egypt, Pharaoh and his system starts to die, starts to drown, hallelujah. And the darkness starts to get swallowed up by the light, hallelujah. And, and, and the people who are in darkness start to see a marvelous light. We preach more by our true worship than we do by our pulpits and our microphones. Isn't that what the Bible says? Then the people will see your good deeds and worship your Father who is in heaven. They will worship and glorify when they see us worshiping and glorifying. So I, 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 I'm kicking off this series this week. Get ready, it might be a little bit uncomfortable.
by, by design. Because it's not a matter of being saved or not. Right? It's, in, it's the, a matter of understanding that when God saved us and planted us here in this time, in this place, it's not to occupy a seat in the church. It is to contribute to the worship of God. That the offering of worship would leave from this city and rise up to heaven. Make some noise in the heavenlies and say, what was that? And finally, we will put so much pressure on that strong man that he will say, go and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 It's time to worship the Lord. It's time to worship the Lord. Let my people go so that we may worship 